hello again. Another podcast. Another moment. So, as you can tell, most of these podcasts I do as I'm moving around. Um, Sometimes when I'm stationary, it doesn't seem like I'm as loud, maybe. Or the volume is not as good. I don't know. Um, Maybe because I know I'm competing with other noises when I'm out. Anyway. So we got a couple of things today. That, um, and, and one of them I'm going to talk about first because I don't really even know a whole lot of details about it, but I know enough. Because <laughs> that's what we do in America, right? We, we don't have to have all the details, we just need to know enough, right? The backstory or more of the details might smooth it out in the end. Um, but, um, yeah, you know, we, um, we don't necessarily have to have all the facts on that. And let me say this before I get into it. It's, no, it's not the shootout in Philadelphia. I, I believe the shootout in Philadelphia was a black man shooting at police officers, wounding police officers, and, uh, so of course... The conservatives are using that and they still trying to blame Obama for that one. <laughs> right? We'll get into that. I might get into that tomorrow. You know, the next podcast, right? But not today. Now today, today, we might need to address a tweet that the president sent. I guess the president got wind that two representatives who have been critical of Israel, Representative uh, Tlaib and Representative Omar, who are two members of the squad, right? So they arranged or somehow had set it up where they were going to go to Israel. Now, I don't know where they going to meet with Netanyahu, were they invited by some independent group, or what the deal was. All I know is, is that they were supposed to be gone. And they were denied the opportunity to go, I guess, or they the invitation was pulled or the Israeli government basically said you're not welcome here and uh, it was based off of a tweet that the president sent which basically said that if Israel let these two congresswomen into their country then he would perceive them as being weak Right, and he further went ahead to call him a disgrace. You know, pot calling the kettle black is an old saying, right? And you know, for somebody, it means 
both both the pot and the kettle are on the stove. They're both getting cooked. They're both turning. Back in the day, the metal turned dark black, right? And so that's where the saying comes from. It's like, how's the pot gonna call the kettle black when the pot's also black, right? From being burned on the stove. So how can a man who is basically Webster's definition of a disgrace is at least maybe when it relates to being the president of the United States going to call anybody else a disgrace? How, how does that work for you? Again, um, let me let me say this: the fact that they even entertained going. As much as they despise Netanyahu, and speaking about disgraces, Netanyahu is what I've always called him because that's what he is. He's just a woe. And he's crooked. If you think America's politics is dysfunctional, how about Israel? Right? So it's like there are only like, I think maybe like five people in the history of the country that have been prime minister of Israel, right? And two of them are running against each other in this election. And one of them shouldn't even be qualified to run because the Attorney General of Israel said he's a crook. He's indicted him on corruption charges. And he's on the ballot. He's running. He's allowed to run. Because they have a parliamentary system. So the leader of the party gets to, gets to do it. But he's still the leader of the party. And he's crooked. So that means that party is crooked. You understand what I'm saying? Because he's the leader. He's still, he's still in charge. He still has a chance to stay as prime minister. He's a warmonger. He is an evil, evil man. Who has no principles, has no scruples, has no tact or diplomacy whatsoever. And he's a racist. How is he a racist? So y'all remember, right? when Barack Obama was president and John Boehner who I guess Obama forgave him for that one but Netanyahu wanted to speak to Congress and John Boehner said come on right and he didn't clear that with the president now Netanyahu wouldn't have done that with George Bush he wouldn't have done that with Donald Trump he wouldn't have done that with George H.W. Bush. He wouldn't have done that with Richard Nixon, Ronald Reagan. None of these folks. He might not have pulled that off with Bill Clinton. But he felt comfortable doing it to Barack Obama. He felt like disrespecting him. And the United States Congress allowed him to do it, which is part of the reason why things needed to change, right? That's... That was a slap in the face. But somehow Obama forgave Boehner for that one. Because they've been kind of kicking it since they've retired ever since, right? You know, for fun. And they may have they may have a project down the road together just like H.W. Bush and Bill Clinton did back in the day. Um, but Netanyahu did that. And so to me... That was, that was, he's a racist as far as I'm concerned. And if I was president of the United States, I would have called him that. And it's like, 
as long as Israel has those racist kind of policies and that kind of mindset, we'll we'll deal with them. We'll we'll be friendly with them, but only for so much. And see, that's the other thing, right? We we are so bought into Israel that an asshole like him can do whatever he wants to do, and anybody that criticizes him is anti-Semitic. That's insane, right? He, Netanyahu, is a corrupt person. So the equivalent of white supremacy in America is Zionism in Israel, right? So let's be clear. There was apartheid in South Africa. There's Zionism is in Israel. There's white supremacy, American institutional racism here in the United States. They're all the same. It's all that nationalistic BS. That's all it is. And people get squirmish when you call them out on that. People get nervous. Anti-Defamation League wants to jump on you. Um, any pro-Israel group wants to jump on you. And here's my thing, right? Pro-American groups until up in, in prior to Trump never gave a damn about what other countries said about our president. But when our president showed up, it was like, you know, and they were bowing down and whatever. And it's like, okay, well, we worked this out, right? It didn't matter if it was Russia. It didn't matter if it was Iran. It didn't matter what country it was. When the president of the United States stepped forward and said, I heard you was talking some trash about me. Let's have a conversation. That trash talking ended. That ain't the case with this president. I'm just letting y'all know. What they're doing with him is they're playing him like a fiddle. They're playing him. They're playing his ego. They realize he got an ego, so they're trying to stroke it, right? This Netanyahu dude has been bad news ever since he was born, right? And, you know, you can send this tape directly to his house. I don't care. He's a bad dude. He's never been good as far as international relationships go. He's always pushed the envelope. And, 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 and he, he basically is the militaristic version of, of anything Israeli. He's an extremist. And he's allowed to continue to serve. Which sends a message to us that maybe the people in Israel like that. The majority of people in Israel really have these mindsets and they really don't want to have any relationship with the Palestinians and they really don't want to have any relationship with the Arab world, even though they're outnumbered, right? And it's, it's a shame that anybody who talks about this fool, this absolute embarrassment of a human being, is considered anti-Semitic. Well, he doesn't represent anything Semitic. He doesn't represent anything decent and kind at all. But yet and still, two U.S. congresswomen wanted to go over to the country and visit, right? And Donald Trump said, Israel will be weak if they come. And so Israel basically told these ladies they could not come. Right? 
but their prime minister can show up and disrespect our president who just happened to be black and speak to our Congress and not speak to him. Right? So, and he's, you know, these little short men, it's like Netanyahu, Putin, these were two guys that Barack Obama looked down on. Literally. <laughs> Physically and philosophically. And there was a reason to. Because these people are not good people. But Donald Trump embraces these people. There's a reason for that. It's because he's not a good person. The old other saying, birds of a feather flock together, right? He he lives up to that. All he wants to do is sit there and embrace it. And in, and in his mind, his narcissistic mind, he thinks that he can outsmart these people. And these people have been playing the game long before he even thought about being brave enough to jump into politics. These people have been bad people and bad actors in the world stage all my life. No matter what role they had, whether they were at the top or they were in a supporting role, they have always been bad people. Always. And you wonder why is it that these people are given opportunities to lead. Why are they even given opportunities to lead? You know, we talked about in another segment, another episode about God and free will, right? So, I just wonder what it is about our free will that envisions these people have any credibility or any semblance of leadership at all, right? Now, they have charisma. They have an ability to speak. But they don't have anything close to a good heart. None. And we as, as a society, we as a nation, we as a world, have to stop falling for these charismatic, charming, eloquent-speaking people that have no heart. See, we got to penetrate their heart. It's one thing for them to be able to say, make America great again, or whatever Putin said in Russia, or whatever Netanyahu said in Israel, or whatever Hitler said in Germany, right? These are all the same people, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. These are all the same folks. And I know people get squirmish about that. They don't like to make comparisons to people, right? There is no difference between Saddam Hussein, Muammar Gaddafi, and Donald Trump. Not one. Let's be clear. There's nothing that Kim Jong-un and Putin and Netanyahu, all these nationalist people, all these despots, all these wannabe despots, right? There's nothing good about these people. Mussolini, Hitler, Franco, all of them throughout history. Nothing's been good. Napoleon, Attila the Hun, nothing has been good about these people. They changed the world, unfortunately. Good or bad. Indifferent. And that may 
And that kind of leads into what we're going to talk about on the other side, right? But there's nothing good about these people. Nothing. And it's never good when you call evil people out and you get chastised for it. So let's be clear. Netanyahu is an evil man. And if that makes me anti-Semitic, then I guess I am. Since I practice Christianity, technically I'm anti-Semitic anyway. Because Semitic is only part of the story. The Christian story picks up the rest of it, right? Christ's arrival and his preaching and his teaching and his eventual death. Right? Because if you really want to go there, we can go there on that. But since I have Jewish friends, I try not to offend them. But when if 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 one if one of them calls me anti-Semitic because I say Netanyahu ain't worth the breath of air that's been given to him, then all bets are off. Because he's not. And for him to sit there and say, you know, the whole thing, right? I, I commend the congresswoman for even entertaining the thought of touching down over there, right? I don't care if it is the holy land. As long as Netanyahu is the prime minister, I will never try to scrape up my money to go and support his government financially in any way, shape, or form. I'm not going to support their tourism. And I would encourage my friends not to do it. As long as he's there. And, and he's corrupt. It's proven that he's corrupt. His own attorney general indicted him. And he still has a chance to be the leader of a nation state. Right? Anyway. Um, representatives Tlaib and on Omar, you got better things to do here to deal with the folks in Minnesota and Michigan. Uh, make sure that they're taken care of. Don't worry about them folks in Israel. They are who they are. Uh, and uh, especially Netanyahu. You know, their government doesn't want to entertain two congresswomen because of a sorry president that we have who's a nationalist just like the nationalist that is the leader of their nation so far who may get reelected, right? Um, Y'all got better things to do. You know, we've got, we've got an election in 2020. We've got some Democrats in 2019 in some states that need some help. So, probably better to travel there to those states than to worry about what's going on in Israel, right? It's nice to extend an olive branch to people, but, yeah. Yeah, and I, this is probably the longest segment I've ever taken since I've started doing this. Um, because that's how insulting it is, right? But that all goes back to the white supremacy thing. And, and now you see that it's not just an American phenomenon. This is worldwide, and it's a problem, and it must be eradicated. Catch you on the other side. So, 
while we're still in this show so I can make it clear, right? I am against racism in all shapes and forms. My whole mission in life is to eradicate racism, right? So, if anybody wants to say that I'm anti-Semitic, they're a liar as far as from a racist point of view. There will be nothing in my record. There will be nothing in my uh, uh, statements or political actions that will indicate that I do not like Jewish people or the Jewish faith. Let's be clear. But Netanyahu is a problem. White nationalism is a problem. Whether you call it American institutional racism, Zionism, apartheid, whatever form it takes in this planet, it is wrong. And he, Netanyahu, does not ever need to be reelected. That Israeli government needs to apologize to those Congress people for wanting to reach out to Israel because they've been called anti-Semitic. And their language is, you know, maybe more fiery than mine. I don't know. All I know is this. I just wanted to make that clear, right? Because we're sitting up here getting ready to talk about a real disgrace, right? Donald Trump called these two congresswomen disgraces. The congressperson that is a total disgrace is this guy named Stephen King out of Iowa. That's the disgrace. That's the man, right? A fool that give, that is given a microphone. Now, I want the people of Iowa that he lives in, and, and I'm, I'm based on what I have seen in certain interviews, they're not going to reelect this cat, right? And he, he needs to go home or stay in D.C. and get a lobbying gig for somebody that is, you know, crazy like him or whatever, right? Because I guess the white nationalists need to have lobbyists too. I don't think so, but anyway. You know, they probably got several offices on K Street as far as I know, right? But this idiot stood in front of human beings and said that, in essence, civilization wouldn't exist without rape and incest. He thinks his very existence wouldn't be here if it wasn't for rape or incest. Now, he may be revealing something to us. <laughs> he may be letting us know something he found on Ancestry.com. I don't know. Right? My... My 23 DNA, whatever they, that they get. I, he may have found out something. You know? And considering the roll call that I, I let off in the last segment, uh, he might be a descendant of them low-life creatures. You know? He might be related. Some of the bad people in history. He might be a direct descendant of Cain, for all I know. Here's the thing. When you said this quote, white nationalism, white supremacy, Western civilization, when did that become a bad thing? That's a direct quote from this representative, Stephen. And see, 
I shouldn't even call him king, even though that's his given name. I shouldn't call him king because there's nothing royal about him. <laughs> he might be a court jester. You can call him Steve Jester. How about that, right? Ain't nothing kingly, royal about this dude. But anyway, the gentleman from Iowa said that. And because he said that, the Republicans felt compelled to say, yeah, that was, the, why you, you know, it's just like a dude that plays for the Atlanta Falcons and he walks over to New Orleans Saints and says, here's our playbook for today, right? Have at it. Have fun. You know, do what you got to do. That's what Stephen King did when he when he said white nationalism, white supremacy, Western civilization, when did those terms become bad? <laughs> right? Did you see how he did that? You see how he mixed all that in? Right? He mixed it in. He basically said Western civilization is based off white nationalism, white supremacy. That's the playbook, boys and girls. That's he revealed it. And his punishment for doing that, he is a congressman that sits on no committees. None. Delegates <laughs> that represent the Virgin Islands and D.C. and um, uh, Puerto Rico, American Samoa, they get to sit in committees. They can't vote. But they get this in committee. But this he can still vote, unfortunately. But he can't sell any committees. He's 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 been stripped of all committee assignments. Every last one. So he ain't got nothing but free time to roam around and move about the country and go back home to Iowa and while the whole state is being besieged by 20 plus people running for president on the Democratic side he shows up and he says civilization wouldn't exist without rape and incest now he made that argument to justify why he had a bill that would not exempt women who wanted to have it wouldn't if they were if they were raped or their pregnancy was a, a result of ancestral relations he wouldn't give them an exception to have an abortion right he didn't want to do that so his justification is civilization wouldn't exist without rape or incest right now he should have been kicked out of Congress when he said the white supremacy equals Western civilization thing. He should have been booted out of public life altogether when he said that. But he's been allowed to finish out his term. Right? But now that he's, he's done this, the Republicans are like going... Yeah. So Liz Cheney said that Stephen King was a great... Liz Cheney. 
Yes, Dick Cheney's daughter says Stephen King is a disgrace. Whew. Didn't know the Cheneys were into cannibalism. But okay. That's that's impressive. You're so despicable. You're so dumb. You're so low down. That Dick Cheney's daughter don't even like you. She thinks that you bad. Liz Cheney. She thinks you bad. She gets up in the morning and sees Liz Cheney every morning. And she thinks you're bad. You're That means you're terrible. That means you're a terrible person. But we already knew that. The people in Iowa think that you're okay. Well, I think now they're having second thoughts. Let me take that back. I think I think people have had enough of this show. Right? So if you don't resign and you decide to run for re-election in 2020, it's going to be a very, very bad experience for you. Very bad. So, that's just a thought. Um, I really am, I really am just kind of amazed, though, that, again, this goes back to the fact that people are allowed to uh, exist that have these beliefs, Right? We talked about Netanyahu in the last segment possibly getting reelected, even though he's under indictment from his own country. And his own country may reelect him. He's not disqualified from the ballot for being indicted. Right? Innocent to a proven guilty, I guess. Stephen King, it is technically up to him whether he resigns or not. It is technically up to him whether he runs for re-election or not. He shouldn't have that choice. In a world where it's like we are really serious about not supporting white supremacy, we, we give lip service to that. We say that we're not down with white supremacy. We say we're not down with uh, nationalism. We say we're not down with American institutional racism. But Stephen King has a choice to run for re-election? He has a choice to resign or not? That sounds like lip service to me. That sounds like we're going to say that he's a bad dude, but we ain't going to treat him like he's a bad dude. I don't know. It just seems a little insincere to me. Right? So at some point we've gotta we've gotta we've gotta follow through in America. We've got to get rid of people. And again, I you know, I threw the thought out there. How is it that with sex offenders and pedophiles, will we can pass legislation to literally exile them from cities? But white supremacists, terrorists, white nationalists, out and out racists, they can still intermingle with us. They can still get elected to positions. 
They can still run companies. They can still serve on police forces. How is that? Right? I mean, we... You know... <laughs> I see this commercial that says the very first survivor of Alzheimer's disease Alzheimer's disease will uh, is in this commercial could be walking among us right and I would like to think that but is it more feasible to get rid of Alzheimer's than it is than to get rid of American institutional racism is it more feasible to get rid of Alzheimer's than it is to get rid of white nationalism or white supremacy? Is it more feasible to get rid of Alzheimer's disease than it is to, to lock up and, and jail white terrorists before they terrorize the nation again? That's where we are, right? I just, I just really, really believe that this is, it's purging time. No, and I'm not talking about the movie, right? I'm not talking about to the extreme like that, you know, where you just have a day where we kill people. No, we're not, we're not advocating that. But it is time to get these people out of mainstream politics. They gotta go. If people want to have racist beliefs, they, everybody keeps saying, well, you know, white people say, well, that's not all of us. That's not even a majority of us. That's just a select few. Then treat them like a select few. In the sororities and fraternities, you choose who your members are. Why do we allow these people to coexist with us? Right? Why we? Why do we allow them to be in positions to make decisions about textbooks for our children, or um, patrol our streets, right? Put out fires. Why are they allowed to do that? You know why are they? elected to positions that determine budgets for health care and mental health, right? When they should be committed themselves. I don't know, but it's like Stephen King needs to be gone. And based on what I saw, if he's going to be, I'm going to fight it to the end, you're going to lose. Because even... The people in Iowa and your district are through with you and your foolishness. Because nobody wants somebody to just up and gives the playbook away. <laughs> nobody wants that person on their team, right? They, you don't want to give the playbook away. At the same time, they really should question even having a playbook. They need to change their, their offense and their defensive schemes, right? They need to change the way they operate. And stop using racism as a tool to get elected. Because if you stop using racism as a tool to get elected, then idiots like Stephen King won't be, won't be in office. 
and America, I don't know if we got to develop a, a vaccine or what, but we've got to be immune to these racist people. We, we've got to be immune to these despotic people that will do our nation more harm than good every chance they get. And I don't know what kind of snake oil they sell you for you to vote for them. I don't know if it's because they invoke God. I don't know if it's because they take advantage of an issue that, that has you emotionally strung out. But I really wish, I really pray that y'all figure out a way to be able to vet these people, to, to purge their heart, and, um, and keep them from attaining power. You know, they have had their moments. Um, and I think 400 years of moments are enough. I think 240 years of moments are enough. I think, I think it's time. And, and if it sounds like it's a crusade of mine, then so be it. I don't know how much longer I have on this earth. But since I do have a child on this planet that's going to be on this earth hopefully longer than I am and hopefully he'll have children um, it's time it's time to I would love to to know that my child and his children and his children's children would live in a world where what old Eric Fleming was talking about is long extinct like the dinosaurs. <sighs> Until next time.